Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, my soul says yes to your will, to your way. Oh, God, hear us. Hear us when we call. Hallelujah. Lord, we wait. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father and Lord God, Lord, we come before you. Thanking you, God, for a new day, new mercies. Lord, we thank you. Oh, God, continue to anoint us, sanctify us, purge us, cleanse us, make us every with whole. Father, we look to you. Lord, be in our midst, we in you, my God, you in us. Speak to us, speak through us. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch us one more time, O God. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing fill this place. Lord, remember all those that call upon the name of Jesus Christ in sincerity. Father, we bring the men and women of God to you. Lord, we continue to seek your grace, your favor, your mercy, your peace, your truth. Lord, let your light shine in us and help us to let our light shine before others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown, here this morning. And it's good to be back. We have come to the end of the month. We have come to the end of April. And we say thank you, Jesus. You brought us through. Yes, we walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But Lord, we didn't fear any evil because you were with us. Oh, we saw things we never saw before. Hallelujah. We are so thankful to God for his mercies, the things that he has provided unto us. Amen. And the fact that God showed us that which was more meaningful. The Lord made us to know the things that are more meaningful. We thank God. We see many on every side. Some fall not to our right hand, some fall not to the left. And uh, But for the mercy of God, it could have been us. But we thank God that he chose to be merciful. We know we trust in him and to live his Christ and to die his gain. But there is work to be done here. And until the Lord says otherwise, we must continue to do his work. We thank and praise God for all of you that have labored in the vineyard. And if I may just but take one moment to make our little public service announcement. We thank and praise God for each and every one. And we say to all of you, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Believe in God. Hope in God. There abided faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. We want to say to those of you who are 
overwhelmed, burnt out, stressed, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Believe not your eyes, but believe the Lord. The things that he has shown you, the things that he is showing you is but as if you see a dream, as when a man dreameth, you are seeing the things of another world. You are seeing the things that the Lord spoke about. You are seeing the things that were prophesied. But you must also see to the end. So I say to you this morning, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Don't give up. Don't check out. Don't quit. Don't quit on yourself. But endure. And if you feel that you have gotten to the point where you can't take any more, take some time off. Recuperate. Rejuvenate. Get your strength and your energies back. Put your mind to rest. Put your body to rest. But don't check out on yourselves. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. And today is Thursday, the 30th day of April 2020. And we are studying the book of Romans. Our topic today, it is not of him that willeth. It is not of him that willeth. Excuse me. Nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So again, one more time our topic. It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. <clears throat> The word tells us that to will is present with me. To desire, want, imagine, think about, have free thoughts. To will is present with me. But how to perform I find not. There are many who will tell you about free will. But they are only speaking of one half of a situation. And implying or proposing the full situation. It is not of him that will it. It's not of him that imagine things, desire, nor of him that run it, not even of him that try to implement his thoughts, his thinkings, his, his thinking, his desires, his wants, but of God that showeth mercy. You see, when we have our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations, our desires, and we start moving in that direction, it is but of God that showeth mercy. You see, all things are of God. All things are of God. Now the Bible tells us that he knows our thoughts are far off and has given to us the ability to bring certain thoughts into captivity through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Let us continue to wait on the mercies of God. <clears throat> As we go back to our studies, we see we are looking at Romans. We are looking at Romans more than the book. We are looking at Romans as the people. We are looking at Romans as the governmental force in the earth at that time. We are looking at Romans in many aspects. We are studying the book of Romans. We see we are in John chapter 11, verse 48, with regards to Jesus Christ, a council was held and 
It was said, if we let him alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. This Jewish council was convened because the statue of the popularity and the movement of Jesus was growing to such an extent that they felt threatened and they were envious. They decided that they had to do something about Jesus because his influence had grown to the extent that they felt all men would believe on him if he was left alone. So they decided to intervene. Then the chief priest stated that they, the rest of them in the council, knew nothing at all. It was better one man die for the nation because if he didn't die, the Romans would come with a force with a vengeance, with legions, and take away both them and the nation. So in their own self-interest, they made a decision that God had willed and God had ordained that Jesus should die for that nation and for the world. Luke, in the book of Acts, the 14th chapter, verses 16 and 17, stated, speaking of God, said, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. God had allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, not leaving himself without weakness, in that he did good, gave rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. <coughs> so there are times, and there were times, that God had allowed the various nations to do and go in their own ways. He chose Israel for himself, sent the prophets to the fathers, and they spoke to them. Then he himself came, being found in fashion as a man, spoke to Israel, telling his disciples not to go in the ways of the Gentiles because he had allowed them to walk in their own ways. They shouldn't go into any cities of the Samaritans, but they should focus upon the children of Israel. So God had in times past allowed the nations to walk in their own ways. But he specifically came and spoke to Israel, giving them the promises, the covenants, the laws, the statutes, etc. Now we see Paul, one of the sons of Israel, along with Silas, out in Philippi, being arrested, taken before the magistrates, and being beaten because they had cast out a spirit of divination from a young woman that was following them around. The accusation against Paul was that, Acts chapter 16, verse 21, they teach customs, accusing Paul and Silas, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. So the charge against them was that they were teaching customs, that it was not lawful for the Philippians they being subjected to the Romans and have Roman overlordship, it was not lawful for them to receive nor to observe was a charge laid against Paul and Silas. In chapter 16, verse 37, Paul was cast into prison, beaten along with Silas, and now they had sent to release him, but he was having none of it. Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now, do they thrust us out privily? No. 
but let them come and fetch us out themselves. So Paul was saying they erred in their administration of justice by what they had done. We to our Romans. So now they're not going to secretly correct that which they have done wrong. But let them come openly acknowledge that, acknowledging that they erred so that we can make this right. In verse 38, it says, And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. So the magistrates in Philippi were fearful of the Romans, their higher-ups, because they had misapplied the law in regards to Romans, and Paul, knowing the precepts, knowing the law, knowing the constitutions, of those places brought it to their attention. They told the magistrates and they feared because they found themselves in a difficult spot. They came and they released Paul and Silas acknowledging their error. Now, in Acts chapter 19, verse 21, it says that Paul desired in his spirit to go to Jerusalem. So after those things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must see Rome also. So it was Paul's desire to go to Rome, to preach in Rome, to tell the people of Rome the goodness of Jesus and all Jesus had done. But first he wanted to go up to Jerusalem to keep a feast. In the 22nd chapter of Acts, we see where Paul was now being transported to Rome after he was taken captive in Jerusalem, put in chains, almost beaten again. The centurion was told that Paul was a Roman. He went and told the chief captain, and the chief captain came back asking Paul if he was a Roman, Paul acknowledging the same, because the centurion had told the chief captain, take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. So Paul was now being transported to Alexandria on his way to Rome, and the ship entered turbulent waters, boisterous seas, the winds and the waves began to tear the ship apart. They were in jeopardy of their lives. So in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, Paul stated, recounted, that the Lord stood by him that night and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness at Rome also. So Paul was assured, reassured by the Lord that as he had borne witness in Jerusalem, he would do the same in Rome. He would not lose his life on the journey. There are times the Lord will reassure us, making us to know that we will finish our course. It might be difficult. We might have situations that don't go the way we thought they should go. It might not play out the way we think it should. But we must rest in the assurance that the Lord will bring us to the place that he wants us to be. Finally, in Acts chapter 28, verse 17, Paul, having now arrived in Rome after three days, called the chief of the Jews together and said unto them, Men and brethren, do I have committed nothing against the people or the customs of our fathers? 
yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. The word of God, the prophecies concerning Paul were now being fulfilled. He was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Agabus had prophesied, testified that the man to whom the girdle belonged would be bound, put in chains, and he would become a prisoner. Paul was now a prisoner, and he was in Rome. Previous to this, Paul had written to the Romans these words. Romans chapter 5, I beg your pardon, Romans chapter 1, verse 15. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. One more time. Romans chapter 1 verse 15. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul was now ready and able and also present in Rome to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Romans. Let's look at our text. It's Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and of whom, concerning the flesh, Christ came, whose over all God bless forever. So Paul opened this ninth chapter, expressing his own longings, desires, his feelings, his reflections, in regards to his brethren, Israelites, according to the flesh. He said, I speak the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. If your conscience condemns you, God is greater. And your conscience is that mechanism that brings truth to an individual. Each and every individual... Their conscience will present to them that which is true. And Paul said he had great heaviness and continual sorrow in his heart when he beheld this nation. Many times when I look at the happenings in my own nation, it brings sorrow and heaviness to my heart. And we have to go before the Lord in prayer, praying that God would intercede. God would intervene. God would make that Difference, the hearts of men and women desperately wicked above all things, and it brings great heaviness and sorrow. And then Paul stated something that is so profound. He said, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, he was willing to lay down his eternal reward. For his brethren, his kinsmen, according to the flesh. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his everlasting life for his friends. And Paul was wishing that he were he was a curse from Christ for his brethren's sake. 
kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Now to the Israelites pertained the adoption, that is a principle of the relationship of God with Israel. To Israel, to Israel pertained the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Now, a lot of times people misappropriate, people misapply many of these things to the Gentiles and to the church because of ignorance. Well, meaning, yes, but we have to properly understand and rightly divide the word of truth that we might get the clarity and the direction in which God wants us to go. Paul said, his brethren are Israelites and to the Israelite pertain the adoption. That natural branch of the olive tree, the adoption pertain to them and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law. A lot of times people misappropriate because they read things in scripture and not knowing, not understanding, they do err, not knowing the scriptures. They want to apply even the law to the church. The word says, and the service of God and the promises it pertained to Israel. And Jesus Christ was of Israel. His kinsmen according to the flesh. Now the adoption is God engrafting through Jesus Christ the wild olive tree into the good olive tree. So it comes through salvation is of the Jews. But we will get to that later. Then the word says, whose are the fathers? The fathers of the covenants and the promises, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, etc. Whose are the fathers? They are of Israel. And of whom concerning the flesh Christ came. Jesus Christ came of Israel. He was not sent but to the law sheep of the house of Israel. Christ came according to the flesh of Israel. And he is Lord over all. And Paul said... God be blessed forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord, I say, forever. Amen. Then he got into his argument much deeper. He said, not as though the word of God had taken none effect. Appearances to the contrary, regardless of what you see, not as though the word of God had taken none effect. Listen to this. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Paul went into an argument that it is necessary that we comprehend, fully understand, that we might know that we are a holy nation in God, we are a royal priesthood in God, we are a peculiar people in God, we are a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek in God. 
Paul said, not as though the word of God had taken none effect. His word did not return unto him void. He said, for they are not all of Israel, which are of Israel. What does that mean? Not because you live in the nation. Not because you are an occupant. Does it mean that you are from there? For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. You might have come here to these United States from Israel, but that doesn't mean you are an Israelite. Your parents might have migrated to Israel. You were born in the church, but that does not mean that you are a Christian. Your parents might have been Christians, and you were born and brought up in the church. That doesn't mean you are a Christian. It has to do with the heart. So, not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all of Israel which are of Israel. Now, listen to this. He goes further back. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. It is necessary to know that not because somebody say, oh, the promises of Abraham... And the children of Abraham are they in good standing. It is vitally important to know that Abraham had many sons, sons and daughters. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Why? That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Abraham had Ishmael, of her that was a bondwoman, but he was promised Isaac of Rebecca, uh, of um, Rebecca, or rather Sarah, still early for me, I guess. One more time. Abraham had Ishmael of Agar, the bondwoman, but was promised Isaac of Sarai. So, they which are the children of the flesh, the urgings of the flesh, the doings of the flesh, the working towards bringing to pass that which God said, those are not the children of God. Folk decree and declaring, I decree and declare, they say. I decree and they declare. That's not a promise. That's your decrees, your declarations, and not what God has promised. Those are the works of the flesh. The children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. What the Lord has said, that will he do. He said, the Lord said, I will declare the decree. The Lord Jesus, I will declare the decree, not you. Now, Eliphaz, a philosophical mind of wisdom was speaking to Job, a son of God, and Eliphaz was expressing his wisdom of this world, his head knowledge, the knowledge that he had, and God later said that it was an error. God said, you didn't speak rightly of me. And many are not speaking right things of God because they have walked in the ways of Eliphaz. They have walked in the way of the wisdom of this world, imitating the kings of this world. But there is one king who, king who is king of kings, and it's the Lord. And he said, I will declare the decree. 
neither because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. It is specifically geared towards a promise that God made. Not your utterance, not your decrees, not your declarations, but the promise of God. That is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. Those you see jumping up and decreeing and declaring are not the children of God. They are self-willed, stubborn, disobedient, walking according to the course of the prince of this world. They are children of disobedience. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. That promise, that word that God gave, that we stand upon, that we rest upon, because he is his word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He will bring to pass that which he has uttered. For this is a promise of the word. At this time will I come. <laughs> At this time will I come. The word is going to come. And Sarah shall have a son. The manifestation of the word fulfilled in Sarai. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, <coughs> for the children be not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth, it was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. I've heard men in their own minds and their own self-expressions try to say, oh, it's because God know what they would do when they grew up, why God said that, not so. Before they had done anything, it is God that brings the thoughts to us. He knows our thoughts far off. And it is God who has the power to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. And God made Esau unto dishonor and Jacob unto honor, saying, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. <coughs> So the word of promise came, at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. To everything there's a season and there's a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. There is a purpose and a time for everything. And God has a set time and a set season where he accomplishes that which he would. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And the word says not only this. But when Rebekah had also conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, the children not yet being born, neither having done any good. So it's not according to works, but it's according to the purpose of God by election that his purpose might stand. The purpose of him that call it, it was said unto her, the order is going to be reversed. Previously, it was the younger serving the elder. But the Lord said, I'm going to show that this is me. I'm going to do things the way that I want them to do. The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I eaten. The apostle then said, what shall we say then? What shall we, what is going to be our argument? Is the unrighteousness with God? 
God forbid. Who are we going to rationalize, reason, think about, and look at the statements that were previously uttered? What shall we say then? What are we going to say? Is there unrighteousness with God? No, he has forbidden that. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So it is God as the potter making the vessels for service, making one vessel unto honor, another unto dishonor, making a vessel of mercy and a vessel of his anger and wrath being poured upon. So he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And he will have compassion on him whom he will have compassion on. And then he stated, so then it is not of him that will it. Stop telling me about your free will and what you can do and what you desire. Because the will is present with you, but you can't perform it. You cannot perform it. You would have freed yourself from the shutdown a long time ago. You express how much free will you have. How free you are. But your free will ends where the statutes and the rules and the regulations of another in authority begins. So then it's not of him that will it, nor of him that run it. Even those who would want to move ahead and go ahead and do what they would, death stands near the door. Be not willing to pass. God's word and God's power rules in the kingdom of men. It's not of him that will it, not of him that run it, but of God that showeth mercy, that allows us to go on our journeys. So that's why we must say, if the Lord wills. Now, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, for the scripture saith unto the king, unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. Hello, somebody. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I'm talking to you. Yes, you, Pharaoh. Even for this same purpose, what you're doing, what you're doing, what you're saying, the way you're acting, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. Raised up by God to perform through the Spirit of God that he blew the breath into the nostril of men, the things that you think you are doing. Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee. That I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. So the behaviors and the doings and the actions of men is in accordance is in accord with the express will of God. What God wants man to do, man does. When God determines that the actions of a man is finished, he says, come on home, go home. And he falls down and dies. God takes his breath away and he has to leave the stage. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. Your boastings, your pride, your arrogance, you are raised up by God for the purpose that he's exercising in you. That I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, at ye mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he harden it. 
can't talk your big talk and your boast and how bad you are and all that kind of stuff. But it's the mercies of God. He hardens some and he shows compassion to others. Thou will say unto me then, you will argue and say, why do he yet find fault? Why does God find fault then? Because he determines the actions, the outcomes. Why do he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Who can resist the will of God? So you're going to say to me, so, okay, how is God going to ask men to repent and bring judgment? Why is he finding fault? Because everything, all things are of God. Who can resist his will? Nay, but. Nay, no. O men, who are thou that repliest against God? Who are you? He's creator. He's the I am. He's the first, the last, the beginning and the ending. Who are you? Who are you that replies against the creator? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Here it is the vessel. One with liquid. The other without. The vessel is going to say to the one that fills the bottle, Why do you fill that one and not fill this one? No. Oh man, what though that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Had not the potter power over the clay? You go down to the potter's house, and the potter determines to make vessels for the market. He has power over the clay. Had not the potter power over the clay of the same lump? To make one vessel unto honor. One vessel unto honor, a plate for the dining room table, a vessel unto honor, it will be brought out and set before the honored guests. And another unto this honor, okay, this is a vessel for the bathroom that they're going to use when they want to relieve themselves. Had not the pot of power over the clay have the same lump. Make one vessel unto honor. And another unto dishonor. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory? Even us, whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. It is God of that lump, that potter, makes one to honor, one to dishonor, makes the determination. No man can come to God except the Spirit draw him. But we are still instructed to seek the Lord while he may be found. Because we have desires, we have imaginations, we have thoughts, we are both flesh and spirit. And in one realm, we are restricted by the flesh. In the other, we are made so we can roam in the spirit. It is God who now takes the natural elements and robe the vessels, robe the spirits. One spirit unto anger and wrath, one spirit unto compassion and mercy. Even us. 
whom he had called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, as he said in Hosea. I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. So, I'm going to make the determination. I will declare the decree, said the Lord. I will call them my people, which were not my people. Previously, they were not the people of God. Previously, we saw where essential workers were not the ones being described as essential workers now. Oh, they just, uh, they weren't regarded as essential. But the Lord had said, the first shall be the last and the last first. And when the Lord changed the dispensation, that which was not considered essential now came to the forefront as essential workers. And those who were deemed essential are now considered otherwise. I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass, it's going to happen, that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. You have a set of people who call themselves the chosen people, and how great and wonderful and beautiful they are. And yes... We are all the children of God. And the designation that God puts upon people naturally for a time, for a season, for a dispensation to supply. But the time is going to come when I will call them the others, the outcasts, the refused, the rejected, the despised, the forsaken. I will call them my people who were not my people. Ye are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God. And Isaiah also cried concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. A small amount of the children of Israel shall be saved. Though the number of the children of Israel be as a sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. They are not all Israel which are of Israel. So naturally, the natural branches of the olive tree are not all the engrafted branches of the good olive tree. Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. As Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma and be made like unto Gomorrah. You see the trend, the direction. That the earth is taken like Sodom and Gomorrah. And except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would end up destroyed totally like Sodom and Gomorrah. What shall we say then? What are we going to say in concluding this matter? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of which is of faith? But Israel, which followed the law of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, why? What shall we say? What are we going to say? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, they did not keep the law, the precepts, the promises, 
They were not part of the adoption, the covenants. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness, not after righteousness by works, but have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith, believing, hoping in Jesus Christ, they have received righteousness. But Israel, which followed the law of righteousness, which did the deeds. With the outer man, while the inner man is el was elsewhere, Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, but not, uh, not attained to, they did not get the law of righteousness because it came from the works of the flesh and not from the mind of Christ. Why? Because they sought it not by faith. They did not believe even in their doing it. They were doing it out of compulsion. Out of their rulers. Just as when they asked for Barabbas, they were incited by their leaders. Why did they not receive the law of righteousness? They sought it not by faith. They did not believe. But as it were, by the works of the law, they were doing what others wanted them to do. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. A stumbling stone was placed in the nation and they stumbled over it. As it is written, Behold, look, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Jesus, I lay that rock in Israel, that stone. Upon this rock I will build my church. A stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him, believeth on Jesus, shall not be ashamed. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, O God, thanking you. Thanking you for your great grace and your tender mercies. Lord, we look to you, believing, trusting, hoping in you. Lord, help us to build upon that rock, the rock Jesus Christ. Amen. There's one mediator between God and men, as the man Christ Jesus, one advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and we are ministers of reconciliation. So today, I say to you, I say to you today, exercise your office, step into that role, approach the throne of grace through Jesus Christ, through faith, and you will find help. In the time of trouble, God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
Amen. 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 Come on home, beloveds. Come on home. Won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.